So hello everybody, my name is Taya Jopik. Um, I tonight am sitting here with some of my family members. Craig is taking on the job of recording and tech for us. And I have also a dear friend who I've only known for about 12 months, but her name is Margaret. I met her last oh. year at uh, BSF. Mm. And we have since become friends, which has been a beautiful blessing. Um, I know that when she first opened her mouth, the first BSF class that we had, um, she, she she rolled out kind of scripture that was just on her heart. And I thought, oh, she's someone I want to get to know. And as I did get to spend some time with her later at a um, fellowship event, I asked her about her life and I came away so blessed and touched by that experience because um, she is quite a remarkable woman and yet also a very simple woman, just like you and me. And mm. uh, yet there's a, um, a beautiful story of God's faithfulness through her life. And I felt as though her story was just not for my ears to hear, but perhaps for some others to hear as well. And so here she is today. I want to um, thank you, Margaret, for joining mm. us and um, yeah, welcome you. Thank you. Yeah, it's I, lovely to have you here. I would never have thought that my life from the early years uh, of the war would take on such an enormous value to other people because we were brought up very simple, mm. very quiet as true believers of the Lord. And the main thing that always was that Jesus had died for our sins. Mm. So my early years, I was a baby. I don't really quite know how old, but my father at that time was in the underground. So it was the early years of the war in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Which is where you were born, I'm presuming. And that is yep. where I was born. Mm -hmm. And all my, uh, my other brother and sister as well. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest. Mm -hmm. Then my mother lived in an apartment uh, that I rem don't remember, but that I was told about. Mm. Then one day she received a phone call f through somebody else. It came, and that phone call was from our local doctor who said, Maria, that's my mother's name, pack up all the things you have for the Jews the coupons, the passports, everything, because they can't get Peter. The, the Nazis wanting to get hold of Peter, and Peter was in the underground and they couldn't catch him. So the best way would be then, we'll get the family, the family. we'll get the mother and the children. So when my mother got that message, she still had her apron on, she dressed all three of us, put all those secret, uh, items that of passports and food coupons under our clothing and took us by the hand and we walked straight to the station in Schiedam. Now Schiedam was a moderately city next to Rotterdam. Rotterdam had already been bombed. Mm. So she went to the station, boarded the train and we were met in The Hague by another underground cell who took us into the country, into the center of Holland. And the province that it was called was Gelderland. And the main city there was Kampen, 
and Compton was a university town where they also had the first uh, reformed theological college where very many well-known professors come from. So it was a very Christian a area there. So my sister was boarded out with a farmer. My brother went to the Christian school headmaster and my mother and I as a baby were boarded out for the, pa the local pastor from the churches there. So we didn't have much contact in between and of course we never saw our father. Mm. But I was told that when I first saw my father at oh, middle of over a year or so, then I finally started talk, uh, walking. Mm. So seeing my father, that prompted me to walk. So that was quite a coincidence <laughs> in my, on my part, but the, the family thought it was huge fun. <laughs> so you have no memory of that, you've just been told no, of that? No, I was told that okay. I have no memory of mm -hmm. it. I have got an old photo where I'm standing in a playpen mm -hmm. amongst uh, uh, sort of trees and a big outdoor garden. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we got after the war, we went back to that township of Schiedam and Dad went into his normal work oh, and his work was very much activated through the church with the ministers. He was a lifelong elder mm. and he was very missionary minded too. Mum was the same as most housewives, housewives were at that stage, stay at home mum. Mm. So we went to the Christian school and I remember being told that at the age of four or five I was at kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I still have a little booklet with stickers from that kindergarten but I was told to recite the first part of John 1, mm -hmm. that uh, in the beginning was the Word, mm -hmm. and the Word was God. Well, that's the English translation, because I, I know it better in Dutch. What's the Dutch translation? Can you share? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. So in the begin, beginning was God. Mm. Okay. So yeah, it's all about the beginning. But um, I even remember the dress I wore, which was a blue tartan and I had a red ribbon in my hair. Mm -hmm. Isn't it strange how those things keep Stick. flocking back mm -hmm. into your memory? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, I loved kindy and uh, then I went from kindy into the Christian school there in the same building, etc and I had various teachers mm -hmm. and my uncle was a teacher in grade four and he was fantastic with history because we were taught not only Bible history in primary school, we were taught uh, the history of our country and mm -hmm. the fight against religion mm -hmm. and that as a Christian nation the Christian schools all started by humble farmers and humble people living in the cities. Mm. It wasn't any government assistance or anything in those days. So the Christian school emphasis was already very early on in our life. Mm. So after I finished primary school, 
I went to high school and I did nearly two years there. And by that time, my father, our local minister, was called to be a pastor in Adelaide for the Reformed denominations and, and the, the Protestant churches at that time. Uh, he was uh, what they would call a pastor on the ships with migrants. Okay. Ships came out frequently from the Holland to Australia in those years, right back to 48 already. Mm-hmm. So lots of ships came, but they all had a pastor. And so then a local pastor went there. And when he was in Adelaide, he boarded with a group of Protestant people who were very strong in the Reformed faith, real Calvinists, as they used to call them then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he came back so enthusiastic about building a church there and a school, and he had lots of other plans. And that just set my father's heart, who had a missionary heart, pumping. <laughs> a lot. Oh, yes. It, it, he was so thrilled, because during my younger years... My dad was involved in missionary work mm-hmm. in the local streets and we used to have evangelism weeks so that in September an adult and a child would go delivering the Gospel of John. So we used to knock on doors and give them that Gospel mm-hmm. and tell them about the love God had for each one of those people. Mm. Uh, then when there were missionaries from Suriname, which was a colony of the Netherlands at that time, I would listen to many missionaries coming, and Dad would always take me. And then once I said to him, oh, I'd like to be a missionary nurse, Dad. Oh, yes, you know, Dad agreed. I'd, I'm not really quite sure how my mother felt about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. but. As it went on over the years, he did enrol me in the only tropical n- school for nursing in Zeist, which mm-hmm. is also in the centre of Europe, near Utrecht. So, yes, so that was all fine. Mm-hmm. But then, in the early 50s, this minister came back from Australia, full of enthusiasm, and that thought... Look, I've done my bit in Holland for the Christian party, for the Christian workers, for the Christian church. I like something new. Mm -hmm. So, although he was already way in his 40s, so that was really only a borderline case for Mm -hmm. migrants. Yes, of course. And also for my mother. Mm -hmm. But now I understand why it was so hard, because my mother was one of eight children, Mm -hmm. and... Um, then suddenly leaving all that behind. That's right, it would have been very challenging. It was very, very Mm -hmm. challenging. Before you go on, Margaret, can we jump back just to some of the war part? I know that you said you were very young in the... Yeah. um, ...as a baby in that first story, but do you have other recollections of your... Yes. ...time uh, during World War II? And just to give a bit of context, what year were you born? 41. 41, early, okay. Yeah, 40, 41. Yep. Yes, I do remember being hungry, mm-hmm. and I do remember uh, there wasn't much food around. Mm-hmm. I do remember sucking on beets, the roots of beets. Wow. Um, and drinks weren't easily available, lots of water. Okay. Um, yes, it, it was poor. Yes. 
definitely. It was really poor, um, and well, I suppose in that sense, not poor like what people know about poor nowadays. Mm -hmm. It was really, really frugal. Mm -hmm. Everything was recycled, everything was reused, mm -hmm. and that carried through my whole upbringing. Sure. As a result yeah. of those war years, mm -hmm. my mother instilled in us that lots isn't always good mm, as long as it does the requirements mm -hmm. of feeding you and through you see in holland too you go to school but you come home for lunch mm -hmm. so at breakfast as a child growing up my mother would read the bible because dad had already gone to work at lunchtime we came for a sandwich but we always had to have a sandwich with contentment. Okay. And that a sandwich with contentment that you spread a very thin bit of butter mm -hmm. on that, but nothing else. Okay. And if you wanted two, you always or three or four, but one of them always had to be with contentment. Okay. So uh, Yes, we were given our sandwich and then maybe peanut butter existed in our household at that time. Yep. Uh, it was jam. And a lot of the things they see now as those sprinklers and all these new things that are coming from Holland, we didn't have in that not e in then. our era. No, I can imagine. Not, not in the era of the, the late 40s mm -hmm. and 50s. Uh, we w lived very frugal. Very simply compared to nowadays. Mm. Oh, today is is, is completely yeah. different. Mm. It's obnoxious, yeah. just about. <laughs> it's so overwhelming. Indulgent. Yep. Indulgent, yeah. that's the right yeah. word. Yes. Yep. Um, I'd like to come back and um, listen to more of your um, time as, as a young lady, I guess, and the, the move to Australia and some of those sorts of things. So we might wrap up this session now mm. and... Um, yeah, we'll be back um, with, with this next part a little bit later on. Mm. Thank you. Okay.